Hello, this is Katherine Cunningham. Thank you for joining us for the Natural Intelligence Worldwide Podcast. Clearly important to acting on climate is educating ourselves, sharing our knowledge, and reducing our carbon footprint in our daily lives. This means being awake and aware of what we buy, how we move, where we use energy, and how we zero out and eliminate all waste. Clearly important for us to now know as humans is that we have tipped the natural order of life quite far, so far so as to jeopardize our own survival and our children's future. In my interview with Prince Albert of Monaco, we talk about educating ourselves and acting on climate, why biodiversity loss is so important to us, climate solutions that are local, regional, and national, the importance of legacy and the importance of the oceans, and our vision for 2050. If we as the world truly need to decarbonize our lifestyles to be carbon neutral by 2050, then that means all of us. That means everyone in our daily lives, in our communities, in our cities, in our nation states, and in our world. I'm Catherine Cunningham, and I'm here with Prince Albert of Monaco, who has been an ambassador for climate and protector of nature for, well, your entire life. How do we engage people to want to be educated about the oceans and climate and nature, to evaluate our lifestyles, to make different changes in and, and behavior, and then finally to you know, help advocate for, for climate. How do we get people there? What do we do to motivate them? Well, I think in recent months and recent years, the, the awareness, at least, it has been brought to the forefront by the media, by different spokespersons, and by better access to information about not only climate change, but about every threat to our environment. And I think that's a very positive thing. But of course, it has to be amplified also in our different educational systems in different countries at a younger level. I think the younger generations now have taken this issue at heart, and we've seen that in different visible ways uh, by different movements initiated by Greta Thunberg. But also, I think kids of different ages want to learn more about our relationship to nature and what nature has to offer us. And of course, the vital role that oceans plays as well. It has to be better understood and has to be introduced in different curricula, in different institutions. So it really starts with education. Mm -hmm. And from there, how could you not then make different lifestyle choices once you have this awareness? Then let's talk to the heart. So why should we care about climate? I mean, really, you know, it's a little warmer a few days. Maybe we have a few more fires and floods. But is that serious a transformation in the planetary scale, or meteorologically, that we really need to be concerned? Why, why should we be concerned? Because if you listen to the scientists and if you take the time to read what they've produced, it is the single most pressing issue and, and most alarming issue of our time. And it is up to us, up to our generations, but also the younger generations after us, to address this issue in, in the best way possible. And solutions do exist. We can't stop the momentum of, of climate change, but we can, if we act now, we can mitigate its effects that are already being felt so that we will not have a catastrophic situation in 30, 40, 50 years. Really, I think people have to understand and trust the scientists. Why would the entire, or almost the entire scientific community lie to us? What reason, what motivation would they have to think of and to produce a, what, what some people have called a hoax? It's just not serious. This is not only the most important issue of this century, but it's the most important issue that humanity has to face. 
Why do you care? I've known you for now 20 years or so, since the first Arctic Council meeting, actually, yeah. in Paris, so in this town. In the Arctic, to the oceans, you know, basically around the world, and especially focused with your foundation developing countries. <coughs> mm-hmm. Really, I, I can't think of someone who's been more dedicated, truly, in your life. Mm-hmm. Why do you care so much? Well, because I, I was able to meet people and scientists and really committed people and, and leaders in, in the environmental field that, well, they didn't have to convince me very much, but I was able to get that kind of information early on. And so I understood pretty early on that, that things weren't changing and that if we don't address these issues and, and try to find together the, the best possible solutions to curb the effects of climate change, to make sure that our different ecosystems, be they terrestrial or marine, be healthy, we will not be able to survive. And when you think of what nature produces for us and the services that these ecosystems give us, well, you understand that we are part of this whole system. We're not the ones uh, dominating it. We figured out ways to, uh, incredible ways to live and to produce things, but we are part of nature. We cannot dominate it. And actually, I wanted to ask you, you know, so many people maybe in our audience also don't understand why biodiversity loss is such an issue. Mm -hmm. So we lose a few different insect species, you know, or fish in the ocean that we'll never see. I mean, do we have a sense as a global society of how significant this mini extinction event is? I mean, in the past century, we've Mm -hmm. lost nearly 50% of mammalian wildlife, and I think it's at a rate of a thousand times greater than any time in in human history. Why would people care? Because if we allow 30, 40, 50, 60% of species in, be they birds, be they mammals, be they insects, if we allow them to disappear, the whole ecosystem, the whole global ecosystem will collapse. We don't have any alternative solutions to what nature has given us. Not only don't we have another planet. So if we allow this emblematic species, but also insects, the insect population loss is already huge all over the world, but I I know for Europe it's uh, becoming very worrying because then you have the bird population that falls also. You have the amphibians that that also have have had a severe drop in their population. So if we allow these these ecosystems to collapse, there'll be a point where there'll be no return possible. And then our very existence on this planet will be threatened. That's what people have to say. So, okay, a lot of people say, oh, but that's, that's so far down the road, why should I have to worry about that now? Why don't you worry about that now for your children and for their children's children? And if we don't start caring about this now, in a few years, it will be too late. So let's talk about how, because of course now people are in Mm -hmm. this state of, you know, emergency. We have a climate crisis. We have a crisis of our of our ecosystem collapsing. So what can we do as as citizens? Of course, this is a question everyone asks. So let's put it into context of the places where we live, work, and play. So our cities. 50% of the population Mm -hmm. lives in the urban environment and in some ways are separate from nature, let's just say our own urban jungle. And if in 2050 urban planners believe that we'll then have 70% of our human population living in cities, what can we do specifically in our prairie urban town environments Mm -hmm. to ensure that we incorporate nature into these spaces, to ensure that we build our cities and regenerate them such that they are sort of 
consistent with protecting the natural world and reducing our carbon footprint. There's different ways of doing it, of course. There are solutions that already exist in building planning and, and the architecture of buildings to make them more not only livable in general terms, but that they also can produce their own energy and be sustainable. And then, of course, you have to ensure that you have enough, not only enough public spaces, but enough green spaces, not only for a good quality of life, but also to generate enough breathing air and enough clean air for everybody. But of course, also the main issue is how do we keep traffic at a manageable size and how do we ensure that at least in an urban setting, in peri-urban, that clean mobility is the norm. We, we right. have to move away from traditional engines and toward electric or hydrogen and make sure that we have a good public transportation system right. that is also clean and, and sustainable. We're able to host in Monaco and already several forums and several conferences on environment and human health. And we will host very soon, next year, an ocean and, and human health conference. Seeing the different right. threats because of climate change and ocean acidification and also marine pollution that, that, that can cause harm to all of us. And it's not only atmospheric, it's not only the atmospheric pollution that causes huge amounts of problems for our respiratory system, but it's also the threats like diseases that are transmitted through different insects and mostly mosquitoes. It's a whole range of public health issues that if we allow our environment to deteriorate, and if we allow the effects of climate change to grow and, and to reach very, very catastrophic proportions, well, then we will suffer. Not only will we not be healthy and have tremendous threats to our personal health, but, but also we will not be able to find different foods because of, of an absence of pollinators. Uh, well, that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. And also you think about climate refugees. Mm -hmm. The more that you inundate these cities mm -hmm. with human population, the greater stress you put on the cities. There will be eight, 850 million climate refugees by the end of the century. That's a rough estimate. Yeah, but that's a lot of people moving yeah. around. Well, I'm with you on these issues, and I see behind you, you've got a statue of your great-grandfather, mm -hmm. and behind me there's a picture of your mother, mm -hmm. Grace Kelly. When you think about legacy, when we think about the people that have come before and the ethics and values that they had, mm -hmm. what is it about the, the legacy that you want to want to leave with the work that you're doing? Well, first of all, the incredible family legacy that uh, comes down from my great-great-grandfather, Prince Albert I, that he was such a visionary and such a, an incredible adventurer and a, a man who was generously interested in science and curious about different sciences, and the fact that he was not scientifically trained, but, but that he promoted a relatively new science at the time, oceanography, led these expeditions around the Mediterranean, the Atlantic, and the Arctic Oceans, was a tremendous inspiration for me. But I think it was also for my father, who did a lot, and spearheaded a lot of initiatives, especially for the Mediterranean, for the protection of marine mammals, and for a better cooperation between France, Italy, and Monaco on, on uh, coastal areas and, and to prevent also pollution, well, the fight against pollution mm. threats along the along that coastline. So I think thanks to all of this, what I've been able to do with Monaco, representing Monaco in a national forum also led me to do something more personal, and that's why I created my foundation almost 14 years ago. Maybe tell us two of the star projects that you're working on now that you'd love to 
highlight and maybe even replicate? There are two that come to mind if we're speaking about the Mediterranean. One is the Beyond Plastic Med, BMED, which my foundation helped launch. And it's um, creating this, this network of different initiatives in different countries. And some 40 projects have been identified in local communities in different countries around the Mediterranean Basin to not only curb plastic pollution, but to try to prevent it and to induce the concepts of reducing the use of plastics, of reusing plastics, or recycling. So this community is growing, and the awareness certainly is there now. People are finding different solutions, different practical solutions, from beach cleanups to working with different manufacturers to find alternative products to curb the use of plastics. And then also the uh, Med Fund, the Mediterranean Trust Fund, that uh, we initiated with France and Tunisia several years ago now, and other countries have joined, to sort of have this fund to be able to help the development of marine protected areas around the Mediterranean. They were in very small numbers and they weren't very efficient, and uh, the fact that we were able to establish some new MPAs, of course we have to ensure that they are well protected and that the monitoring of these MPAs is done in an efficient and comprehensive manner. One last thought. If we look to 2050, you have um, young children, mm-hmm. and they will what, be in their 30s or so, 40s mm-hmm. then. Can you imagine what Monaco would look like in, in 2050? And I'm sure you will reach a carbon-neutral state, zero waste. What is that environment that they're living in look like? Yes, that, that is our target, to be carbon-neutral, hopefully just before 2050. But of course, I'd like to leave a, not only a country, but but a planet that, that is more sustainable, that is mm-hmm. more equitable, Quite that is more thing. peaceful. But it starts on our doorstep. And if we're not able to do that for our countries and for a small city-state like Monaco, well then, uh, but, but hopefully we won't be successful and maybe we can inspire others to respect our targets that we all announced. I'm talking about all, all the countries that signed the Paris Agreement. And so uh, I hope that Monaco will not only be successful in that, but that we will have a more integrated approach to everything that we do, and that sustainability will be at the heart of everything we do, and that we will be able to have a community that is united, and that uh, has these ideals in mind, and that uh, we are all able to find the solutions that will be appropriate for our future. Thank you so much for your time. Okay. You're such a role model and a true Thank statesman. You so Thank you. Thank you for listening to our Natural Intelligence Worldwide podcast. You can find us at naturalintelligence.com forward slash worldwide. Have a beautiful day.